0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The breakfast brief on Money FM 89.3.
1: Money FM eighty nine point three. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. We're gonna take a look at headlines that investors will be paying attention to today. Before we get to some of the fun stuff, let's take a look at the data issues
0: coming out of China. Yeah, so it's gonna be in focus because in the past week also we've seen quite a bit of a sharp fall when it comes to copper and crude oil prices. And this is all around concerns about a gloomy outlook with the potential slowdown of China's economy as well as many other places. So that has been weighing on resource metals and fuel prices. And going into the week, we have a bit of news that is not too peachy. So China has reported its first COVID related death in mm. almost six months. So this is sparking concern that Beijing could go back to heightened restrictions on schools, restaurants, shops. And of course, it might just make a bit of a U turn when it comes to the recent easing of restrictions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, businesses naturally will look at this situation and wonder, you know, how much China is going to dial back and uh, how that could affect mm. their own business plans. The easing of restrictions, of course, is the easing of the time
0: of quarantine, I yes. believe that uh, the days were lessened by quite a bit. Yeah, so we've got reports about an 87-year-old man. He died on Saturday in Beijing after his condition worsened since November 11th. So we've got one official describing the, the situation in Beijing as... Grim, right. as many areas face hidden risks of the virus spreading in a community. So, 516 new local COVID cases in Beijing reported on Sunday. And so far, some shopping malls already have started to close in Beijing, and some food takeaway services only running. And schools in several districts have been telling parents to go back to online learning from Monday until further notice. So already you have some some caution this week in China. Alright, so elsewhere around the world, in Egypt they finished
1: up the two-week-long COP27 climate summit and, you know, right now the analysis would be whether or not it was successful. Now, a new deal was struck, but it's all on the back of how there were other issues where delegates struggled to come to some kind of a consensus. Let's let's try and break it down a bit. I mean, first of all, let's talk about this new deal.
0: Yeah, I'm struggling actually to figure out how to describe it. Do I call it a breakthrough? Because I'm very cautious about how this could play out. So right now, on the table, at least we've got some progress on this front. The Loss and Damage Fund. Nearly 200 countries have finally agreed to set up this Loss and Damage Fund to support poor countries who have been hit by climate change. And this is after decades of climate change damaging policies from wealthier nations. So on paper... That has been set up, but there are now a lot of question marks that need to be settled down the road. So you've got this kind of framework to be well, ironed out and fleshed out in the coming corps. So that's a big question mark. So you have a framework. Will they actually see to it that, it can be uh, eventually manifested into something that can be used. Is right. the question?
1: Right. I, I don't know. I, I mean, they call it the loss and damage fund, right? And I can't help it. The uh, lawyer mm. in me is wondering. So, what quantifies as loss and damage?
0: Yes, I think yeah, that is quite be a bit to explain. First question. So, yeah. in these climate talks, in general, loss and damage is costs being incurred from things like extreme weather, okay. rising sea levels, okay. and, like you pointed out, it can be very tricky to. Put a dollar sum to these things. You can't mm. quantify the effect to damage ecosystems or, you no. Know, when it comes to infrastructure property, you can probably do so to an easier extent, but you no, know, cultural assets, ecosystems, these can be very tricky to put a number to it. Yeah, and don't forget, no, they, they
1: have come up. This is, in a way, it looks on paper like a constellation price because there were a lot of reports that made very clear just how close the planet is to what they call irreversible climate breakdown. So they can't deal with consensus with regard to this. You know, the extreme weather events, geopolitical conflicts, the deepening energy crisis. But
0: the consolation is that you have this loss and damage thingy. Yeah, and then the other question is, who pays whom? Oh, there you go. So here comes the wording behind the contract, right? So you have on paper now that the most vulnerable Nations will be paid. And this is the question. Who do you qualify as vulnerable? So there is already some arguments about who should pay into the fund. So Hmm. that is not being prescribed yet. And Mm -hmm, then you have mm -hmm. China also not too happy to be on board the group that's going to be paying. So this is still yet to be worked out. So It's pretty much symbolic for now that you have this framework. So, this is going to be something to be discussed in the coming years. All right.
1: In the coming days,
0: Singapore will release its final print for third quarter GDP. Yes, and this is going to be a bit of a, I guess, roadmap or guidance on how the economy is going to be playing out for the coming months. And this is the third quarter GDP results where we are expecting, based on consensus information, 4.4% growth. But you have analysts expecting the last quarter to be softer based on all the issues we've been talking about. So that could be revised downwards if we get that figure just disappointing. So in recent months, you've already seen some signs of that happening in the export numbers. Hmm. Of course, the recent Nodex numbers also painted that kind of picture there where you've got a bit of a slowdown happening, especially in the electronic sector, where things have played out from over demand to now oversupply. so mm-hmm. this is a bit of a changer okay very quick we've got some central banks in
1: action this week as well
0: yes and the focus will be on the RBNZ in New Zealand mm. we are expecting the central bank to raise its rates by 50 basis points to 4%. And this is a bit of a balancing act as he tries to strike that balance between higher rates and slowing the economy and inflation. In the backdrop is house prices, which are plunging okay. at a fast pace. In Korea, we are also expecting a rate hike. 25 basis points mm. is the expectations to 3.25%. And there is a risk that it might be larger, but... The recent rebound in the Korean won may help ease some pressure on the Bank of Korea to deliver a larger rate hike, at least for now. Of course, the big one will be FOMC. Thursday morning Uh is when uh the minutes from nearly three weeks ago will be out. A lot of stuff has happened since then, including the disappointing October CPI numbers, which were... Well, I wouldn't say this morning, but cooler than I expected. So we are watching out for the language, of course, which will drive the headlines. And if we get the FOMC sounding more hawkish, and there, of course, set up markets to brace for stock market volatility.
1: Okay, I want to talk about this very interesting piece, right? So we kind of saw this coming that Elon Musk came out to say that he would reinstate
0: Donald Trump's Twitter Mm. account. Uh, But apparently that's kind of been rejected. <laughs> Kinda. So we had a poll being run by Elon Musk. Fifty-one point eight percent of more yep. than fifteen million Twitter users voted for Donald Trump to get his account back. Maybe they needed some entertainment, or <laughs> uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, they just felt you no know, free speech for all. So here you have. You no, know, it's been lifted. Elon Musk says, "Hey, you can have your account back." But Donald Trump says, "No." Am that interested? I got my own. Yeah, he's snubbing <laughs> Elon Musk. Yeah. So he says he's going to stick to his new platform, Truth Social, because he is seeing phenomenal success on the platform. What he says. <laughs> I haven't really used it, so maybe... Apparently, he's got like
1: 4.57 million followers on Truth Social.
0: Oh, okay. So that'll be one to watch because he is, of course, running to be the next US president. Yeah,
1: 2024. 2024. All right. Four. There
0: you go. Thanks a lot, Ryan.
1: Ryan returns at 7.35 for the finance update.